Hello and welcome to episode 30 of Retrosonic Podcast. I'm Steve from Retroman Blog and you just heard A Wall of Voodoo with On Interstate 15. And thanks very much for all the excellent feedback we've got for our last uh, two podcasts. Uh, the one with Damien O'Neill from The Undertones talking about his new album um, as Damien O'Neill of The Monotones. And also about my last episode where I played a selection of new music that's um, been passed on to the blog over the past few months. Um, I really appreciate everyone uh, listening in and enjoying that one. Um, but although my ego took a bit of a battering, for example, here's a comment from Jeremy who says, Another excellent episode, Steve. Keep up the good work. But where's the hairier half of the duo these days? I miss his laugh. I'm here. here. I'm the hairier half. Yeah, so here you I'm go, here. Jeremy. I'm back. <laughs> you've, got your, you've got your wish. So um, <laughs> um, I'm pleased to say that uh, my hairier other half is here. Paul Slattery, rock photographer. Good evening, Steve. Um, um, it's good to be back as well. I'm, I'm glad to see that uh, your uh, listeners miss my voice. So, I know, I know. I, know. I don't know how to take that, you know. Yeah, well, you know, I think I think you're probably too posh, you know. That's, I think that's what it is. That's yeah, what it needs you know. a bit of West London. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, Wall of Voodoo, that, what a great song. Great track, I love it? that. It reminds me love of it. reminds me of driving out the West in a big old Cadillac, you know. Yeah, yeah it's a great sort of... Uh, piece of filmic music and I, I love that band um so paul it's been a while since we've been well it has been been last year last awesome since we last did an, uh, a podcast together I know. so um i think we better crack on with yeah. this one because we've got a lot to play we have and you've um come up with a classic piece of punk uh, tell us what your first choice is well my first choice is art attacks and this is i'm a dalek
classic sort of punk song, isn't it, Paul? So tell us why you picked that one out. Well, I picked that one out because the lead singer of uh, the Art Attacks is a guy called Edwin Pouncey. Mm-hmm. And I worked with Edwin at Sounds magazine. Mm-hmm. Edwin was not only uh, a writer uh, who wrote about reggae and uh, mostly strange rock music, mm-hmm. but he was also a brilliant cartoonist. And uh, he wrote, uh, he did the cartoon in Sounds the weekly cartoon in sounds under the pseudonym Savage Pencil and under that pseudonym he also did many many covers in fact of uh, of record covers uh, including Stuff for the Lurkers, Sonic Youth, Rocket from the Crypt, The Birthday Party uh, and uh, and The Fall as well. Oh and that brings us on to uh, Marky Smith obviously sadly passing away and you worked with The Fall as well back in the early days. I worked with The Fall, I drunk with Mark. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I've done various substances with Mark. Uh, he mm. was a character. He was an absolutely fantastic character. Yeah. Uh, and he knew where he was going. And he always had... I mean, the Fall were always a brilliant band. Mm. You know, Mark wailed away in the background. But boy, but those musicians, great. And they, the, what solid bands he had throughout the years. Yeah. And um, in reference to Edwin Pouncey, of course, um, uh, one of his covers for the, for the Fall was uh, Lie Dream of a Casino Soul. We're going to play that now.
can't believe it's 40 years ago since I first saw The Fall. Incredible. Yeah. And, um, yeah, sad to hear about Mark passing away. Genius. Yeah, you know? well, I mean, there's been a great reaction in the, in the media, TV, and, and in the press as well, hasn't there? So, you know, I, I think it's it's really sad. And it, it's a shame, because, I mean, the year before, last year, this time last year, I saw him down in Southampton play, and they were fantastic. You know, he was he looked really healthy, fit, the band were on form. Do you remember in the episode we did, I talked about it? Well, he never and looked he just, really healthy, did he? No, you know? he was <laughs> Mark, healthy? I don't think so, Steve. <laughs> in in know, the grand you, scheme of things. Listen, I kept round his house a couple of times. I've been pressed, which the first thing he did was reach for a can of hard stuff in the morning, I tell you. <laughs> he, was a, he was a cornflakes with beer man, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> but lovely well, bloke. Let me rephrase that. He, he looked relatively healthy considering... <laughs> <laughs> the like, the like. Trevor had a selfie with him. He was on good form, and then he'd really deteriorated over the last year. So it's a really, oh, really know. sad. Very news, sad. You know? uh, the like of him, we 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 shan't see again. I doubt. But um, mm. you know, Edwin. I spent uh, Edwin and I used to go off to reggae gigs. Edwin introduced me to some brilliant reggae artists over mm. the years. Gregory Isaacs, Dennis Brown. We did interviews mm. with both them, and I photographed those guys. Yellow Man. Mm. Uh, we, we we did a lot of reggae stuff together, but one year, I think back in 82, Edwin said, you fancy going over to L.A.? I said, well, I always fancy going to L.A. Yeah. And, um, in fact, I'd just been on the West Coast with The Clash earlier on in that year, and yeah. uh, it was later on in the year, and we we went down to L.A. to interview The Wall of Voodoo. Right, which is what we played at the beginning. Yeah, and uh, it was great. It was great meeting uh, Wall of Voodoo and doing Mm. their photographs in some strange L.A. cemetery, I think, Forest Lawn it was, you know. And, uh, yeah, later on we went to see that that trip, we went to see Devo and the residents, the strange residents, play live. So it was a brilliant trip. And, of course, the amazing thing is, is that um, who produced Wall of Voodoo... Yeah. But Richard Master. Okay. And uh, Richard Master, of course, was in tours, who've uh, recently reformed and uh, just played a gig. That's right. Last week. He, I didn't know that. I mean, it's one of yeah, my favourite albums. He like. produced that whole album, yeah. including Mexican Radio as well. So, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, Richard, uh, ex-Tours, ex-Pool, Dorset Boy, produced um, that, that brilliantly <laughs> Western-sounding uh, right, yeah. album. Isn't that amazing? Well, that's a great excuse to play Water Voodoo and Mexican Radio.
And that was all of Voodoo with a classic single, Mexican Radio, taken from Call of the West album, produced by Richard Mazda of Tours. Great bit of synchronicity there. People that listen to the podcast over the past couple of years will know that we've banged on about Tours on and on and on. And what a great band they were. One of those unsung sort of new wave power pop bands. Um, and Paul took the early photos, which you can see up on the blog. And you got your wish. The, the reunion gig. I got Finally, my wish. after all these years. I said to, I, I got back in touch with Roddy 10 years ago when Album of the Year That Never Was was finally released, the the, the album, which was which was dug out and finally released. And um, Ronnie and I have been in contact and also myself and Mark Spears, the drummer, because Mark's been in a few bands since. And, um, mm. well, blow me, Ronnie told me uh, in the middle of last year that tours we're going to do some rehearsing together and I went down to the rehearsals last October and um, last weekend I was at uh, the uh, King Charles pub this brilliant medieval pub in Bull and tours did their first gig in 39 years which was absolutely amazing I mean it was fantastic I I, I can't tell you how much passion there was there and um, uh, they're five piece. They're with the original. Uh, they're both uh, uh, John Hall, who was in the original band, and mm. Richard Master, um, right. who came in um, after John quit the band. Um, they're both playing, so it's three guitars. Bit wow. like Fantastic. it's a bit like Flaming Groovies from '77, yeah. you know. And when those three guitars uh, are on song, it sounds absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Let me tell you. And this amazing room with a medieval window one end and a medieval uh, chimney the other and it was incredible it was a great mm-hmm. atmosphere great great atmosphere and they're going to do another gig in June fantastic well it's great that you got your your dream come true there <laughs>
was Tours and Language School, and that was uh, a single that there was a debut single that they produced on or they uh, released on their own label, and they did it in about eight different coloured sleeves, didn't That's they? That's right. Different coloured versions, and they're yeah. highly collectible. They are highly collectible. Great track. I've got two, black and white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And talking of reunions and um, anniversaries and things like that, I went to see Monochrome set recently at the oh, Lexington. One of your favourites. Yeah, it was great. And they got back together for... Well, I mean, they got back with Leicester Square, who'd left the band, the original guitarist. Um, and they did a, a weekend at the Lexington, promoted by uh, Bizarro Promotions. It was two sold-out nights. And they played... Although they formed in 1978, the albums that they did, the first two albums were released later. Um, but it was like 40 years of oral pleasure. And um, they, they played... <laughs> 40 years of oral pleasure. <laughs> yeah. mm, right. Very yeah. interesting, yeah. Steve. Typical yeah. monochrome you sure that was just? Yeah. You sure that was just music? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a classic monochrome set witticism, you know. Um, but they're still going, um, minus Leicester, and they're still touring at the moment, so you can catch them around the UK with their new lineup. And they've also got a brand new album out called Maisie World, which is on Tapete Records. And here's a track from it. This is a monochrome set and stage fright. Doubting you as you look out at all those faces Smiling at something inside you Slap on the shadow Glittering red Step to the gallow
was Monochrome Set uh, with a track from their brand new album Maisie World and that was called Stage Fright. And talking of anniversaries, this year is the 30th anniversary of Damaged Goods Records and um, he's uh, just announced today that they're doing an anniversary gig on the 6th of September at Coco or they're actually advertising it as the Music Machine. But I didn't know that's what it used to be, the Music Machine Coco. I know it is like the... I saw most of it at the Music Machine. Yeah. In fact, um, I think Sid Vicious and Link Ray had their photograph taken at the Music Machine. Oh, okay. There you go. Oh, oh. I didn't take it. Somebody no. else did. <laughs> but then it became Camden Palace. Now it's Coco. Yeah. But they're advertising it as um, a night at the Music Machine, 30 years, Damage Goods Records, and Billy Childish with his current lineup CTMF. Uh, they've also got a new album out on Damaged Goods called Brand New Cage. And here's a track from it. This is Billy Childish and CTMF, and something's missing inside. <laughs> Waiting for you, hoping to connect. Then you look right through me. Was it something that I said? Was it something that I said? Your mind has many doorways. Which one are you in? It wasn't like this always. It's some kind of heavy sin. Some kind of heavy sin. Billy Childish and CTMF taken from their new Damaged Goods Records album, a brand new cage, and that was called Something's Missing Inside. Great. That's a good old slice like of it. Billy, that, isn't classic, it? Classic Billy, which you mentioned, Link Gray. 
Billy released some Link Ray records, I think, uh, on his own label and Hangman mm-hmm. Records oh, hang back in the past. Oh, right, okay. But uh, it's 40 years since Chiswick released, uh, released Link Ray's um, early recordings album yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, it was really hard to get early recordings of Link Ray. There was only one... There was one album on a, a very hard to get album, which I managed to get back in '72 on Union Pacific Recordings, which was mm. record, which was uh, got together by this real Link Ray fan called uh, Ian Sippen, and mm. I remember buying a copy of it in Virgin Records in '72, and that was the only Link Ray record of uh, his '60s um, rock and roll guitar oh. stuff that, yeah. that I had until uh, he, he he made some he made some sort of country records in the in the 70s on, on mm. Warner Brothers but then came over here and did some gigs especially with Robert Gordon in 77-78 and um, Chiswick released this um, album of his early recordings called yeah. Early Recordings <laughs> 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 well they weren't so it depends how well they were certainly most of the recordings are made in the 60s and yeah. uh, this is one of my favourites called I'm Branded I'm branded by Link Ray. Of course, Billy Childish has covered that at his live yeah. gigs as well. Of course. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You photographed Link Ray, didn't you? I did. I photographed Link. Link was one of my guitar heroes from uh, from my early 20s. I, I first heard a, the single Rumble by him mm. back in Boston in 1971. And yeah. I, I became obsessed with Link Ray after I wanted to find... But his stuff was really, really hard to find. And, yeah. uh, you know... How would I know that all these years later that uh, Link Ray, you know, would become the guitar god that he became? Because, yeah. uh, I mean, his stuff has, uh, has been copied by many people but never bettered. Another one of your guitar heroes, which we featured on the, on the podcast before, is Mick Green from The Pirates. 
who obviously was a big influence on Wilco Johnson. And um, you did their photos as well, didn't you? I did. I did. I love the Pirates. I I went to uh, now the Pirates. Um, I went to the Nashville uh, back in the spring of '77, and they were doing a live recording, mm. uh, which came out in late '77, early '78, uh, as the album Out of Their Skulls. All right. There was the Nashville live side on one side, and the studio side on the other side. And it's just amazing. The live recording is just stupendous. It really is. Uh, I mean, 40 years later, I hear that recording and it, you know, it makes my, makes my old hair stand up on end, Steve. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. It brings a tear to my eye yeah. because it's such a brilliant recording. And, um, you know, those guys, uh, Frank Foley on the drums and Johnny Spence on brilliant bass and vocals, lovely, lovely, gravelly vocals. And Mick Green, his guitar mm. is without doubt, he was one of the greatest guitarists ever yeah. to walk the planet. I mean, it sounded like he was playing two guitars at the same yeah. time. It was incredible. But, uh, and this, this album w- is amazing, isn't it? I mean, the live sound. I mean, people talk about yeah. like the Who live at Leeds, is that yeah. great? But great live sound but this oh, is this, is, this amazing. is amazing because it's in this little room it's yeah. not in a huge great venue it's in the nashville and mm. it's just a brilliant rock and roll room and uh, mm. it's just it's so evocative of what rock and roll really is and um this song which was originally done by elvis in 55 is mm. uh, milk cow blues
And it was Pirates from the live at Nashville album with Milk Cow Blues. Yeah, I couldn't have wished to be at a, a greater gig than that. You yeah. know, to be to be on a live recording is. Uh, I think I'm in there somewhere. I'm going yeah in the background. But uh, talking they tried of... to edit you out, didn't they? <laughs> It'd be difficult. Feel bad language. It'd be difficult too. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, talking about live recordings, um, the um, our friends, the Fallen Leaves, are doing live recording. Oh yes, at yep. the Hope and Anchor. Yeah. On the 24th of March, it's a free gig. Yeah. And if anybody wants to show up and shout something into the mic, they're very welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there, and I'll be sure I'll be shouting something yeah, into the I'm mic. I'm sure you will. <laughs> then I have to have a good editor for that. Yeah, they will. <laughs> <laughs> so we had a, a bit of a nice night out at the theatre, didn't we, recently? A night out at the theatre. Yeah, yeah so we were in the West End for a night at the theatre, yeah. Steve. Yeah, you see, Normally right. it's a football or down the front of a little gig, but there we were at the Arts Theatre in London. Yeah. For a, for a night at the theatre to see All or Nothing, the Small Faces musical. That's right. The, fantastic, s- the story it? of the Small Faces and Steve Marriott yeah. was brilliant. What a great night. And everyone was enjoying it. It was almost like being at a gig, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. It was like being at a gig. And the band were tremendous. Yeah. It was. The, the, the band was so good and uh, played everything with, with great skill and a great passion. Mm. And I loved every minute of it. Uh, you know, Steve Marriott... Rather an unsung hero uh, from East London compared mm. with, say, Ray Davis, both mm. Londoners, but mm. both uh, both great both great singer songwriters. But uh, of course, Ray Davis uh, more lauded, and Steve Marriott unfortunately died, you know, in unfortunate circumstances. Mm. And um, but uh, you know, you can't take away what he left behind. Some brilliant, brilliant, uh, a brilliant body of music. Yeah. And uh, because it's 40 years since it came out, I'm going to play Lazy Sunday after me. Wouldn't it be nice to get on with me neighbours? But they make it very clear they've got no room for ravers.
that was Lazy Sunday, or Lazy Sunday Afternoon by yep. The Small Faces. And uh, right. what a great record that is. I really love it because it's uh, Steve Marriott sings in a kind of a cod, Cockney accent. Yeah. There's um, a little phrase from a Rolling Stone song on a kazoo. There's yeah. church bells in there, sort of like the bow bells. Yeah. And for me, it sums up, it kind of sums up East London in a way. Yeah. It's, it's almost, it's musical. If any of you want to go and see All or Nothing, uh, I, I know it's touring around the country. Uh, check it out. Yeah. It's actually been extended, it's, it's moved to, or going to move to the Ambassador's Theatre, and it's been extended on to June the 2nd. So you've Is got that right? To, a chance to go wow. and see it. So. Well, that's fantastic. It's obviously been very popular then. Yeah, well, it was great, so um, good luck with that. And from something that's 50 years old, something which is bang up to date and contemporary, uh, I went to see King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard at the Brixton Academy. Must be one of the worst band names ever, but one of the best bands at the moment. Absolutely fantastic gig. Um, great band, modern psychedelic band from Australia. Um, every album's different. I mean, last year I think they released five five albums in a year. Very prolific young band. Mm. Great gig. They've got two drummers facing each other and they're banging away. You know, it's, it was just unbelievable. And uh, not only do they play this really over-the-top sort of psychedelia, very heavy stuff, you know, that mixes in a lot of Eastern influences. There's, sort of, there's all this Arabic stuff. Indian sounding as long as all this rock you know and they mix everything together but they also have a little lighter side as well and I'm going to go for this is a, a, you know, a track from Paper Mache Dream Balloon and this is called Bone <laughs>
Bone from King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, and that's from uh, their 2015 album Paper Mache Green Balloon. Well, Paper Mache Green Balloon, that does sound quite psychedelic, but what I want to know, Steve, is uh, this gig. You see, when, we, when I went to psychedelic gigs 50 years ago, and I went yeah. to quite a few, yeah. people sat on the floor and smoked dope. You know, you didn't sort of loon around. You sat on the floor, smoked <laughs> dope, and shook your head, you know? <laughs> right? You know, what do kids do now? <laughs> Yeah, you, can't even, you can't smoke, can you? you know. Well, I don't know, there was a <laughs> scent in the air. You know. What's that? There was a lot of head shaking. You know, <laughs> of, you know. But what do kids do? Are they down the front going crazy or what? Well, it was nice to go to a gig where there was young people, which is rare for us, you know. Right. I, mean, I had to queue around the block to get in. They're massively popular now, you know. And you'd sort of wonder, OK, a lot of, I mean, people of our age always moaning, kids don't go to see bands, don't go and see gigs anymore. But it was packed out, it was sold out. That, you know, and where are these... Kids at Grand Day and the Forefathers gigs or Fallen Knees gigs. There's, they, you know, there's, there's got to be an audience out there for the music that we Well, like, I'm sure know. there's an audience. The problem is with young kids, though, is that they want to share everything with everybody, don't they? And they won't go to something unless it's hip. And this band's probably well, hipper are. than Graham Day, unfortunately. But <laughs> Nothing can be go. hipper than Graham Day. No, but that's true. <laughs> Nothing is hipper than Graham Day. <laughs> but there again, I don't do Facebook or Instagram, do I? So I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, talking to Graham Day and the prisoners. Although Instagram and Facebook aren't hip anymore, I've heard. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll write you a letter about it later. Yeah, thank you, Steve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always good. Yeah. But talking to Graham Day there, um, and, the, and obviously the prisoners, and Alan Crockford from the prisoners was there with, with Viv, and they are obviously now in the Galileo 7. They're big fans of King Gizzard as well. And um, I don't know what the Galileo Seven's new album's going to be like, but it's promising to be going to be a little bit more weirder because they've been covering Pink Floyd recently. And on their last album, Tear Your Minds Wide Open, and one of my favourite tracks was this great little bit of Psychedelia called The Mask. Oh, 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 
was Galileo 7 and The Mask, and that was taken from last year's LP, Tear Your Minds Wide Open. Uh, some really amazing drumming on that from Mole. Mole, track. brilliant drummer. But yeah. uh, they're a brilliant band. Absolutely brilliant band. I mean, Psychedelia, you, I would have thought your you gizzard lizard lovers <laughs> yeah. would, would, would love to come and see the uh, Galileo 7. Exactly. Wouldn't they? Would they yeah, not? Yeah, of course they would. You know, of course you they know, would. That's a good uh, thing. Uh, the Galileo 7 and, and Viv's swirling organ. That's right. God, yeah. don't they? Yeah. Kids would love that, wouldn't they? They would. Yeah, definitely. They would. You've well, got kids, to... All you kids out there... Gizzard Lizard fans, go and see Galileo 7. There's That's right. You're there. ordered to. If yeah. you love the Gizzard Lizards, you've got to see the Galileo 7. Fantastic. That's true. And um, I've just had news that the Union Carbide Productions are reforming for some gigs in Sweden. Oh, so you're back to... You, I bet they're playing in the middle of the winter, Steve, aren't they? <laughs> well, yeah, you always go there in the middle of the winter when it's like minus 15 or I know, something. Well, I know, they play gigs in the summer, for God's sake. You know. <laughs> so when are they playing? Well, they've got two gigs coming up, August the 24th. Ooh. That's Gothenburg at Lisa Burley. That's a big amusement park there. Right. And then uh, Stockholm uh, Groenland, which is another big amusement arcade. Right. There's a theme going on there. And they're playing there on September the 6th. Oh, no, I mean, oh, that actually clashes with the Billy Childish gig. Oh, dear. That's it. Well, you have to go There's in August then, won't you? Yeah, yeah, I will. Um, but I did a really big feature on the blog about the story of the Swedish band Infet Noodlers. And Ebert from Soundtrack of Elias produced their debut album back in 1994 while he was still in Union Carbide Productions. And he'd later steal Martin and Matthias when he would go on to form the soundtrack of our lives. So check the blog out for the big feature on the, on the Nymphet Noodlers. And here's a track uh, from Union Carbide Productions to get myself in the mood for their reunion. This is Be Myself Again, and this is taken from their 1991 album from Influenced Ignorance. And here they are, Union Carbide Productions. Be Myself Again.
Union Carbide Productions with Be Myself Again. That's taken from their 1991 album From Influence to Ignorance. And uh, talking about producing records, um, he also produced uh, The Loons debut album, Love's Dead Leaves, um, back in 1999. Now, The Loons have got a new single out soon on Dirty Water Records called Blue Ether. And here it is this is The Loons. <laughs>
And that was The Loons, and that's their forthcoming single on Dirty Water Records called Blue Ether. Uh, Mike Stacks um, actually did a fantastic feature in one of his early Ugly Things magazine. It's uh, the Holy Grail for soundtrack and Union Carbide fans, uh, issue 16. Um, so I recommend uh, people sort of tracking that down as well. But he's also written a book. Um, I'm halfway through it, so um, I'm really enjoying it at the moment. It's called Swim Through the Darkness. And it's a story of a 1960s musician called Craig Smith, who was this all-American blue-eyed boy. He was like a golden boy of that sort of um, West Coast um, American music scene. You know, he was on the Andy Williams show as <laughs> like one of the wow. musicians. Uh, he'd written songs for Glen Campbell. Um, he got to know the Monkeys, and he, wrote, I think, he wrote "Salesman" on one of their the opening track on the right. Monkeys albums. And um, I was around then. Were you over there? Well, I, no, I remember. I mean, I remember the Monkeys coming over here, yeah. but he went crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Well, yeah. he, he, well, he could have been a, a sort of um, mid sixties, sixty six. I'm sure it was. Yeah, yeah. So he was a sort of talented guy, but. It, when I've seen pictures of him, he looks like Peter Noon of, of um, Herman's Hermits. You know, all oh, right. Really, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Huge smile. Yeah, uh, yeah Apparently yeah. everyone loved him. All the girls fancied him. The wow. guys liked him. You know, he was a great, talented guy. Smiling, you know, and, and no one had a bad word to say about him. So anyway, I bet he went to the West Coast and took acid, right? That, that mm, yes. <laughs> yeah, that, I think that's what happened, actually. But no, he actually went <laughs> yeah, over yeah. to Afghanistan. So anyway, uh, he, uh, uh. And on the hippie trail. And he came back a completely different person. Yeah, I bet he did. With a long hair. He looked, probably looked a bit like you, actually. Long yeah, well, I might, have, I, might have, I might have passed him on the way, <laughs> yeah. actually. Because I was down there later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he came back a completely transformed person. People were scared of him suddenly. He was very menacing. He, he had this tattoo of a spider in the middle of his forehead. Well, you would was... be afraid of somebody with that tattoo. It's a bit like <laughs> Charles Manson, isn't it? Well, it was like that. You know. And that's what, in the book, it comes across, you know, that he God. scared all his family, his friends. Um, but before that, he'd, re- he'd, he'd done this sort of band called Penny Arcade. He re- released, uh, didn't release any official albums at the time. But Mike Nesmith took him, the monkeys took them under the, his wing and mm. produced some of their early songs. And there's a compilation of uh, Penny Arcade, which is a fantastic record. Um, and it's called Not the Freeze, which was released in 2004. And here's a track from it. This is called The Lights of Dawn. And 
of Dawn from Penny Arcade and that's taken from their 2004 compilation Not The Freeze on Sunday's records and that was produced by Mike Nesmith of the Monkeys um, but I said Craig Craig Smith had come back this scary figure mm. tattooed spider he tried to get all these um, go to record companies to get his songs released and they wouldn't have it they were scared of him so he just sort of produced them himself under the name of Matria Kali so he said I'm not mm. Craig anymore I'm the I'm the Messiah yeah He's a very naughty boy. Well, <laughs> you know, drugs does do that to some people, yeah, don't they? Unfortunately, yeah. some people were changed completely by by doing lots of drugs. And uh, yeah, in fact, yeah, well, I think that's what I, happened to him, and it's a shame because um, I said he's a talented guy. And I said Mike Stacks looks at his story, and um, mm. I said it's it's a it's a cautionary tale. But anyway, I recommend um, checking out the book. You can order it from the Ugly Things website, or you can get it on Amazon as well. Uh, it's called Swim Through the Darkness. And also, Mike's just releasing uh, another compilation of some of his, uh, of Craig's or Matreya Carly's records as well, um, called Love Is Our Existence. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting that, that getting a copy of that as well, because he's, he's a really talented songwriter. Okay, Paul, and what have you got for us next? Well, yeah, I mean, we do play quite a bit of foreign language stuff, but we've never played any... Uh, uh, music and Welsh before and uh, this next record is by a Welsh band uh, from 1988 called the band's called Iflaps and uh, the record's called Eden Blin I think that means the blind man in Welsh and this is a really amazing record and uh, with brilliant vocals by Anne Matthews <laughs>
and that was uh, Iflaps from Bangor in Wales uh, with uh, Edin Blin from their 1988 album Amasine. Great vocals by Anne Matthews, and all I can say is Diolkin uh, Vaur. And right. brilliant record. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you enjoyed our selection of uh, music in this episode. Uh, don't forget to check out um, Retroman Blog, uh, www.retromanblog.com, where we'll put links to um, all the band's websites and uh, all the, the sites where you can order the records. And last year we played uh, a track by Johnny Thunders um, from the So Alone album, which was reissued on Remarkable Records. And that was back in episode 26. You know, we played the great track, Leave Me Alone. And you've heard from Remarkable Records again, Paul, with some news. I have, I have. They're, um, I heard from Ronan Gua, who runs the, the uh, Remarkable Record label. And yeah. um, to celebrate the 40th anniversary of the recordings of um, So Alone, yeah. uh, Ronan's stuck into the vaults and he's, um, he's found some different mixes of all the songs. Oh, great. And they're going to be released on a new album to celebrate um, Record Store Day on the 21st of April. And the album's going to be called So Alonesome. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And uh, features uh, one of my photographs on the inside sleeve of Johnny uh, Thunders uh, leaping up in the air with his guitar at the Lyceum. Oh, fantastic. I look forward to seeing that. Yeah. And you were mentioning earlier... um, on so alone that going back a bit of synchronicity with Steve Marriott, but he actually appeared on the on the album. Yeah, strangely enough, he's uh, uh, Johnny Thunders does verse one of yeah. Daddy Rolling Stone, the old Otis Blackwell number. Yeah, and then uh, I think Phil. I think Steve Marriott does verse two and fill in at verse three. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> oh, that's great, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's amazing. Steve Marriott. And you say Remarkable is, um, is actually going to be releasing something for Record Store Day. So Lonesome is being released for mm. uh, Record Store Day, but they're also uh, re-releasing a picture disc mm. of Johnny Thunder and Johnny Thunder's and Patty Paladin's version of uh, the Shangri-Las Give Him a Great Big Kiss. Yeah, something to look forward to on record store. It is, it is. It's great. I should be, I should be uh, going to see Ronan and getting my copy. So hopefully before (laughs) the uh, before record store day, so I I can bring them around here and play them loud. Fantastic. (laughs) And what have you chosen to play us out with tonight? For me, this mix stands out, and uh, it's a brilliant Johnny Thunder's version of the Shantae's Pipeline. (laughs) 